Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We've got our take cannons loaded and ready. ready. Absolutely dominant on deep routes. Absolutely dominant on short the routes. boys are back, back. Excellent separation against man coverage. This is Reception Perception the Show. Yo, what's cracking, everybody? James Coe, Matt Harmon here with you. You're listening to Reception Perception, the show. Matt, how are you doing on this beautiful uh, Wednesday night? Everyone's going to hear this on Thursday, but how are you doing on this beautiful Wednesday night? Oh, James, I'm good, man. Week 17. Uh, oh, my God. Quite a, cha- quite a chaotic week we've got here. You know, there, there's we're not going to be talking about a lot of this stuff because we're doing a mailbag episode, but um, there's, you know, starting quarterbacks being benched. There's... Um, you know, big time running backs just taking the week off. It's like uh, God teams almighty. are looking to week 18, the meaningless week in fantasy football. It's total chaos out there. You know, people asking about, uh, should I move my championship back to week 16? And then, oh, well, then there's the buys that are going <laughs> to, it's a mess. I mean, what can you do? Absolute disaster zone. Hey, listen, while we got it here, man, like, can we talk about Derek Carr a little bit here? Um, I just wanted to get your takes on that. Derek Carr getting benched, obviously, by the Raiders. Um, and, and again, a lot of it is the contract, right? Like they yeah. want to make sure that he does not get injured because if he has an injury designation, um, that contract then becomes secure, right? That's what the Raiders want to avoid. So thus they're saying, well, you know what, Derek, why don't you take an early vacation here? We're going to roll with uh, Jarrett Stidham. Uh, and in the fantasy championship, not that many folks were relying on Derek Carr. Maybe you were, I don't know. Maybe you were in two Q- QB league. I, it's possible, but um, more importantly, Devonte Adams, oh my God! Fantasy championships. What are we anticipating for Devonte Adams with now a backup quarterback in Jarrett Stidham? Yeah, in in a very very difficult spot too against the 49ers oh, defense. Brutal. That's been incredible. You know, Josh Jacobs too. Um, obviously, no Derek Carr. It's just going to bring down the ceiling and and quite frankly sink the floor of the entire offense. And uh, this is a guy. Josh Jacobs going against uh, this 49ers defense. No running back has rushed for more than 60 yards on this defense all year. Brian Robinson got close at 58 last week and eventually got game scripted out. So, like, how can you not start Devontae Adams? How can you not start Josh Jacobs? I get that. But, like, 
I mean, dude, this Jared Stidham, this was his first career start. This is a nightmare. And I, <laughs> but, by the way, for the just for the Derek Carr part of it, man, I, I know what, what you're saying. Obviously, I, I, I get it from a business angle, but God, it feels it does feel a little shitty for for Carr. You know, a guy who um, look, he's he's not an elite quarterback. Um, you know, my wife was actually just downstairs. She's got back from teaching a yoga class and she's like, what's the deal with the Derek Carr thing? I'm like, oh boy, where do we start? Well, you know, I was like, he's, he's not a, he's not an elite quarterback. We, nobody would argue that he's not a, like, nobody would argue he's top five, but he could give you probably anywhere between what quarterback 10 to quarterback 15 type real life NFL production in any given year. Um, you know, he's sort of around that Kirk cousins barrier. Right. So, but the Raiders have obviously realized there's a ceiling with him. I get that there. And I agree. There is a ceiling with Carr. but this is a guy who's given, you know, nine years to the franchise, right? He's cried in press conferences about how much he's cared. And, and just to be like, you know what? We don't want to pay you. We're done with you. So why don't you just get out of here for the next couple? And I mean, he's the one I think jointly came to the decision to get out of there. I don't know. It just sucks for Carr to like, you got to get benched for Jarrett Stidham purely because they don't want to pay you. And I don't know. It just really does send the Raiders into a bit of a wilderness here in the off season. You know, and I think the doubly crappy part about the whole thing too, is that the guy, Derek Carr, he thought about his teammates and he wanted to, you know, think about, you know, re-signing Hunter Renfro and Darren Waller and all those things. Yep. And you know what he did this off season? He restructured his contract. Like that's Very the part to friendly. me. Very te- obviously very team friendly that, <laughs> that the, the guy can restructure his contract and get cut and one year after the rest, that's so, that is so crappy, man. Um, mm-hmm. And it's just, oh, bro, like, it's just, I, I just can't believe it. Um, I mean, look, he built in a no trade clause, fine. But financially, he just, uh, it just is so incredible that he was, you know, I, I don't know. It, it, it's such a crappy move by the team to kind of do this and like, honestly, kind of sort of negotiate in bad faith. You know what I'm saying? Like, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You're our guy. Don't worry about it. Derek Carr. Oh, by the way, we're going to cut you after a year. That, that seems pretty crappy, man. Yeah. I don't remember um, if it was on this show or a different show where somebody, you know, asked, and cause Devonte Adams, like he even said it today that he is only with the Raiders because of Derek Carr. Like he's the reason he's, he's there is because he wanted to play with Derek Carr. They've talked about playing together forever. They played in college together. Everybody knows that now Adams also grew up as a Raiders fan has, you know, Raiders Mm -hmm. fans um, in his family, that whole part of it too. But he did, again, he literally said today, he is the reason I'm here. This is, this is why this happened. And you know, it's like, well, you, you had to know this was possible, right? Adams, like Devante, you had to know that the, that the team friendly part of this deal, number one, I don't know if players are looking at contracts quite that way, especially other players contracts. Oh, number there's two, no way. There's yeah, no there's way. no way. Right. Like, I don't think Derek is like, Hey, by the way, I worked in this little clause <laughs> where like they can get rid of me after a year. <laughs> exactly. But at the same there's time no too, way. like, you know, that a guy like Adams came in there and be like, well, we're going to ball out together this year. Like we're going to, we're going to yeah. take this team to distance and, and bet mm-hmm. we're betting on ourselves. And obviously um, even if those guys aren't the biggest reason why, and certainly not Devonte, they're not the biggest reasons why the Raiders have been disappointing this year. Um, they, 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 they lost that bet because of the performance of the team. And I think, I don't think cars had his best year for sure. This year, the ball placement has been uh, a little questionable and, you know, just working in a new system. So it sucks, but um, I think Derek Carr wow. now has incredible leverage, though, because he does have that no trade clause. And either what's going to happen is they're going to trade him to a place he agrees to go to, or they're going to outright cut him. And he's going to get paid. I mean, because he's going to get paid on the open market, man. Regardless of what you think about Derek Carr, a guy of that caliber 
at his age never hits free agency. Never, ever, ever. Like the, the free agent quarterbacks are usually goofballs like like Teddy Br- – and that's disrespectful to call Teddy Bridgewater goofball. But, you know, it's like Teddy Bridgewater-level <laughs> quarterbacks. Okay, yeah, so yeah, yeah, Carr yeah. is going to get paid. I mean, he he will be 32 years old, though, and coming off of a down year, you're right, he will get paid. But I just wonder, man, like, obviously he's not going to see the kind of salary that he was going to see with this contract, right, where he's getting paid, like, I forgot what it was, like 30 or $35 million per whatever it was. Um, he's not going to see that level of money for the next three years. You know what I mean? So I probably not, like I said, I feel bad for him because again, he wanted to do right by the team and you know, the team just turned right around and said, thanks, but no thanks. And yeah. uh, boy, that, that is such a, a crappy way to go. Um, all right. I am also worried about Devonte Adams. And as you mentioned, Josh Jacobs with the toughest matchup on the board, the, the whole offense kind of looks like it's going to tank a little bit. Um, but the matchup for, for Adams is not, it's not horrible. San Francisco has given up quite a bit of production uh, to outside wide receivers. As a matter of fact, since week number six, they've given up the 10th most fantasy points per game to wide receivers lined up outside. It's just a question of how much are they going to throw it? And also is Jarrett Stidham like, is he even a reasonable backup quarterback of that? We are not sure. We have no idea. Hey, Jarrett Stidham has been, Got like he came in as a relief guy for Tom Brady before in like a blowout win and actually got benched because he was so bad in a <laughs> blowout win that they actually put like Bill Belichick put Tom Brady back on the field because that's Jared right. Sidham was so bad. So that. that not great. I don't know. And that's the guy that Josh McDaniels wanted to bring in as a backup. <laughs> Come on, dude. What is familiarity is a hell of a drug, buddy. Uh. Oh my God. Unbelievable. Anyways, first time ever this season, uh, we are doing a mailbag episode. We want to hear from you, the people, uh, to be honest with you, generally we don't do mailbag questions because we have so many things that we want to cover, uh, in the NFL and not saying that we don't have that, but I, I did think that it would be fun to kind of like close the year out, uh, doing some things that we didn't do and, um, and just hearing from y'all, um, out there. And there's some high profile questions in here too, man, which I love, but let's start with it. Okay. This is uh, from real Curtis. Okay. Factoring in top end skill and depth and assuming full health, who are your top three wide receiver cores? Matt Harmon yeah this is actually a pretty difficult question I gave this a lot of thought because there are a lot of teams with great wide receiver duos but -hmm. then they don't have like a really great number three so the the idea of like and because you're asking like not like ranking top receiver duos which by the way that's a difficult exercise because there's a lot Mm -hmm. of really good duos but it's like top three wide receiver cores full-on is difficult because um like for example Philadelphia like they've got a great wide receiver duo but Quez Watkins yeah. as the wide receiver 3 where where are we at there um so for me I think number 1 has to be the Cincinnati Bengals because they are an outlier from what I just talked about not only do they have a legitimate 1A 1B duo in T Higgins they right. also have a very good number 3 a very good slot receiver in Tyler Boyd I think you're, if you're asking Boyd to be your number 2 you're punching above your weight, but he's got to be one of the best wide receiver threes in the entire NFL. So for me, I think they have to clear cut be the answer at number one. I like that a lot. Um, and again, when you just talk about top end, I mean, Miami is is yeah. <laughs> the premier team with two top flight wide receivers in Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle. Right. They're my number two team. And I had Seattle as my number three. Uh, for me, uh, number the number two team, obviously Miami, like you said, 
what they have is just stupid. Um, it's like, just there are ridiculous, so, dude. Come on. It, it's ridiculous. I mean, because the, <laughs> the fact of the matter, we've seen this happen. Like, if you make a mistake against this team, it's not like, ah, shoot, you're going to get gashed. It's like, no, you're going to literally give up a touchdown. You make one mistake. The drive is over. They score six points on you because Crazy. of the speed of those two players. Now, their number three receiver position, you know, Trent Sherfield, like, he's a nice little fine veteran, but he's not like a needle mover at the wide receiver three position. So that's kind of what I'm saying is that there are a lot of duos like that. I mean, Seattle, the duo I have here, and that might be a little bit of actually, you know, more I'm looking at it. I'm not hundred percent sure how I feel about it because I could put Philadelphia there for the same reasons. Like they have a great, they have a good one. They've got a good one who I think they've got a good two, who I think is actually a number one Lockett in Seattle, uh, Devontae Smith in Philadelphia, but the wide receiver three position, I think Marquise Goodwin is a little bit better than a guy like Quez Watkins, but you know, whatever, like what's the difference there? Um, I do think, I think Brown is probably better than Metcalf and um, Lockett, but Lockett is probably still, I'd give him just a bit of a nod above Devontae Smith right now, but that could obviously that they've got two guys going at different career angles. So they're kind of my guys there for, for, for why the, the third uh, best for talking top three. Yeah, I probably would go Philly just a hair over Seattle just because of age, as you mentioned. Um, but I look, you you could certainly make a case. Um, I think for Seattle being number three uh, and Philly being number four, but but they're inter- I think I think you're right. I think they're interchangeable. Um, and then okay, so uh, okay, so those are your top, you know, uh, what uh, three, four three, teams four. there. Yeah. Uh, who else you got? I gave honorable mentions for the depth part of this to Washington and Tampa Bay. Uh, Tampa Bay, I think, is still uh, – they've got two quality starters, guys who aren't right. having their best years, although I definitely think that uh, both these guys are – for Godwin, obviously, he's not having his best year because he's coming off the ACL. We don't expect yep. Godwin to be fully formed until 2023. Um, right. You know, This is definitely something I'm going to put on the site in the offseason about guys, especially after this group of guys we've – witnessed this year that are big time um, players that have been playing in the first year off in ACL, but we can expect guys to lose their ability to beat man coverage by you know almost two, 3% in reception perception uh, when they're coming off that first year off an ACL tear. Mm. Um, so Godwin, I think will be back to full form next year. I think Evans, a lot of his season has been mostly a factor of the, the way the offense has flowed. The fact that um, the coaching there has not been good. And um, like, I, I've been charting Mike Evans for RP. I don't think he's lost a step. I think he's probably still okay. about the same player. And Russell yep. Gage, I think, is a fine wide receiver three. And in, we, we know I love the guys in Washington. We have other questions about Jahan Dotson on the on the outline, so I won't go in depth there. But okay. their one, two, three is really, really good as well. Yeah, I think their one, two, three is great. Um, and to be honest with you, I, I think if we're just talking about total depth, uh, they're right there, man. You yeah. know who's uh, you know who's a sneaky dark horse to make this uh, list too is the Jets, and then the Jets uh, are a sneaky little one. They are definitely a sneaky team. The only thing is just like. I think we'd be able to have this conversation with them more if Elijah Moore had had the season that we were expecting instead of the mm. very weird campaign he did. <laughs> okay, very fair. Um, another team that I think could sneak in there too. And again, remember, the question is when healthy, assuming full health. I think San Francisco, Brandon Ayuk, Debo Samuel. You talk about, uh, you know, um, uh, George Kittle is a tight end, uh, but, you know, clearly a pass-catching guy. Uh, CMC, you throw into the mix too. Um, just in terms of like pass catchers, not full on right. wide receiver. By the way, Juwan Jennings. I mean, the, all this dude dude, all this dude does pretty is catch player. first downs. He, I mean, that's. Yeah. I mean, he's so clutch for them, uh, which is pretty interesting, right? Like, he just literally just goes in there on third and whatever and just catches first downs. It's incredible. 
Yeah, and uh, Ray Ray McLeod's not a bad little like gadget guy to pop up every now and again either. So right. he, that's definitely a group worth mentioning because, I mean, you know I think Brandon Ayuk is a number one receiver. Debo's exactly. the most unique player in the NFL. So, yeah, they're definitely right. a group that deserves to be mentioned as well. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast this is reception perception the show now james cole and matt Harmon. all right how about uh michigana i think i'm, I'm pronouncing this right michigana says uh, does reception perception attempt to <laughs> Does RP attempt to? I, I'm laughing. Does an RP attempt to identify tight ends who are winning their routes as well? If yes, who are some young players it likes? If no, why not, Matt Harmon? <laughs> well, I you, I put this on the outline. All right, to pull back the curtain, I collected the questions and put them on the outline. So I'm doing this to myself funny, because I think it's worth giving the state of the union on the tight end thing for new folks that might've found us through the podcast. that might've found yes. reception perception through the show. Um, just people who uh, like Mitch are curious that haven't heard me say it already. Cause obviously you follow me on Twitter. Um, no, I tight end is not in reception perception for two reasons. The dork reason, the statistical analysis based reason is that it took probably, I would say, two definitely three maybe even four years uh worth of collecting reception perception data to start to get to like 
thresholds to start to get to an area where, okay, we know that if a guy does this, that that is what this means. Like we the, really being able to interpret the data took a good two, three, four years um, for us to get legitimate, like, like I said, thresholds and indicators. I'm not trying to start all over again with tight ends um, right. because you can't, as much as I get it, they run routes, they catch passes, the way they line up, the way they're de- the way they're deployed, the type of coverages that they face, the players who cover them are totally different. So I'm not trying to come in here and um, compare David Njoku's routes and his route tree to uh, Jamar Chase. Okay, that would just be crazy. Mm-hmm. It, w- it would you well, you wouldn't be doing. I wouldn't be giving you anything useful by doing that. Now the second reason, the practical reason is I, I don't want to. For <laughs> I don't want to do it uh, mostly because. Right. It doesn't interest me as much as wide receivers interest me. There's not enough interesting tight ends anyways. And number three, Mitch and everybody else out there, I say this with love. I appreciate that you want more out of me. I got enough to give, okay, all right? I got enough to do with the wide receivers. I don't need to be including tight ends. I'm still trying to have a social life, a family, the whole thing. And by the way, this is not my my primary job. So uh, I'm good on tight ends. (laughs) You know, I I think just to kind of like, you know – back that up a little bit, you know, to, to kind of put a bow on that too. It's listen, you, you talked about it a little bit, but they do such different things. Right. And then also yes. there's so much more, I don't know, deception uh, when they run routes too. Are they blocking? Are they not blocking? Who's, are they being guarded by linebackers? Are they being guarded by corners, right? Like safeties. Like who is, who is defending? Um, and I think that makes a big, big difference. Right. And like, and then also, like, their numbers would screw up, you know, when you're taking a look at, like, success rate versus wide receivers, success rates for, you know, um, slot versus outside. I don't know, man. There's just so much more. I think there's just so much more deception uh, in what, what tight ends do in terms of, quote-unquote, route running that, uh, boy, that makes it awfully difficult to identify when they actually do succeed. You know what I mean? That makes it yep. pretty tough. Yeah, 100%. And uh, I, I would just, just to, the last point on that is like, I don't even like to sit there and compare, uh, okay, well, Cooper Cup has this success rate versus man versus, uh, you know, a guy like AJ Brown has this success rate versus man because they, I say this all the time, they might as well be playing different positions right. between the slot receiver position and what Cooper Cup does versus what like a top end X receiver does. So now right. you're really getting into the weeds with the tight end stuff. So that's why I don't do it. Correct. Okay. How about this one from Dr. Mr. Sir on Twitter? Uh, have a beer at El Segundo Brew or have a beer at El Segundo Brew? Uh, the answer is yes. We're going to have a beer at El Segundo <laughs> Brewery, especially right now, because shout out to El Segundo Brewing. They've got the Casa Azul back on draft, which is the best light beer uh, in the entire game. Uh, second, well, it's, it's right up there with the Broken Skull Lager. Not the Broken Skull IPA, which I also like, but definitely the Broken Skull Lager from El Segundo Brewing. So the answer is yes, Dr. Mr. Sir. We're going to have a beer there for sure. Oh, hell yeah. All right, there you go. Uh, how about this from JCJ7? How about grading the various offseason wide receiver acquisitions? Okay, so we're going to give the Tyreek Hill trade an A+. Plus. <laughs> I oh, yeah. think uh, that, that's been an A+. Yeah. Plus one. No, we talked about Devonte Adams just a little bit ago. What would you grade the Adams trade? Because, um, you know, I, I mean, Adams has been great. I think he's had a fantastic season. He's probably been there. One of their best players this year, along with Josh Jacobs. I think he's obviously still the best wide receiver in the NFL or, or top two, three at the position inarguably, but you, you give up a first round pick, a first round pick that's going to end up being pretty high. 
Yeah. Or we'll end it. Well, they already picked it last year. You gave them two draft picks. You gave a big, big contract. You're not a contending team when you did this. So what would you give the, the Adams trade? Yeah. First round pick, second round pick. Um, and, and also the, the cap, uh, considerations. Um, so I think from green Bay's perspective, I, honestly, you know how, you know how certain tr- trades are like win-wins like the, the Buffalo yeah. Minnesota trade was clearly a win-win for both teams. Right. I felt like this one was a lose-lose. I, I think green Bay yeah. would like to have Devonte Adams in there it, in a dwindling championship window. And I think the, <laughs> after how this year played out, clearly the Raiders would like to have those draft picks back um, as well, because they're not, you have Devonte Adams in the building, but you're not any closer to a championship at all. So yeah. when you bring in a guy like Devonte, you want him to kind of be that finishing piece um, to your offense. And clearly that was not the case. The only thing I'd, I'd push back is that obviously they're going to try to, I think they'll first and foremost try to attract like a Tom Brady type of veteran quarterback. Having Devontae Adams makes that easier than not having Devontae Adams. So um, yeah, there is that true. part of it too. Um, he is turning 31 years old uh, next year though. So I, I'm a little bit, like I said, I, look, he's been obviously fantastic and you could say you could still make the case. I think that he's, you know, a top two or three wide receiver in the NFL. I don't think that's a hard argument to make. Um, no. But at some point, you know, at some point very soon, that is not going to be the case. You know, I mean, unless yeah. this guy absolutely defies father time, which is possible. We've seen guys play into, you know, into their 30s at, at a much higher rate. Uh, but still, though, you, you, you would think that he is on the downside of his career. And when does that when does that contract start to not look very good at all? You know, um, and that time is coming. So I'm not saying it's coming next year. I'm not saying it's coming, but it's coming soon. It's coming soon, man. And that champion, like I said, that championship window doesn't look that open right now. No. I like Hunter Renfro. You would see, I like the, the thought of Darren Waller, but ever since he signed the contract, man, it's just like, what I have think they, he's probably on the move this year too. They, I, I mean, they they've gotten trade, not, they, they've gotten him. absolutely nothing from Darren Waller. Right. So, Boy, I tell you, man, it's um, it's looking real dicey. Uh, and so, yeah, I would say from from both sides, I would say probably like a C or C minus even. Yeah, I'd go C minus on that one. Next one's pretty easy. I've got Amari Cooper. I think that's an A plus for the Browns, even if I don't think um, Amari Cooper is like a number one receiver. Really, I don't think I think he's a little overrated. Yeah. <laughs> you sent a fifth and a sixth round pick. Dude. Who gives a shit? <laughs> like, I know that's a, a that's a that's an F for Dallas. Like, come on, yeah, bro. What weird. are you guys doing? How how are you getting a fifth and a sixth for freaking Amari Cooper? Like, oh my gosh, that's un unbelievably bad trade for Dallas. Yeah, and we can similar to with the next one here, where AJ Brown I think is an A plus trade for the Eagles. I think it's an F for the Titans too. I mean, you got the general manager fired. <laughs> That's how bad it was. That's how bad it was. Oh my goodness. Uh, you know, it's, and they compounded the problem too, by, um, by thinking that Traylon Burks was ready to rock and roll with clearly he was not, you know, he's still a developing player. I'm not even saying he's bad. I'm just saying a lot of injuries with him too, but yeah, there was yeah. always a developmental curve. There was a developmental curve. Although I guess to be fair to AJ Brown has obviously in his time with the Titans, um, spent a lot of time in the injury room as well. Uh, which I think actually helped Robinson kind of make that trade too. Like, okay, you yeah, know I what, man? Yeah. Do we want to give this guy max money and worry about his health? You know, I think that played a factor. 
uh, in as well. But yeah, man, they compounded the problem by then taking Traylon Burks, who again is clearly a a developmental player. Uh, he was not ready to play week one. Um, and if you thought that was the case, then again, it, it adds to your negative score uh, on the trade. All right. What, what other wide receiver acquisitions are we thinking about here? Well, how about Marquise Brown? Um, that one's tough for me because, Ooh. and by the way, I think for the Ravens, they, I think they should regret it. I don't love like, like they got a, you know, a, 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 a first round pick back, but they you know, they had to send a third with, with Marquise Brown and, um, they could really use a guy like Marquise Brown in their passing game. Um, although Brown obviously requested to trade and he wanted to get out of there, but still, right. I, I don't love it from the Ravens side of it, but th- how much did the Cardinals really move the needle much by bringing in Hollywood Brown? I mean, he was a, he was a very good player for them to start the year and then he got hurt as well. But again, I, I, th- I think I give this like a, this is another one. I feel like I give a C minus to both sides. You know, I actually kind of like the deal for Baltimore. Obviously, you would like their championship window because their championship window is also dwindling as well. So you'd like them to kind of just sort of pour it on. But I tell you what, man, if you're getting a first round pick, though, back for Hollywood Brown, who I think we can both agree is not like your dominant number one wide receiver. No. I think that's really good value. And I understand that you want to just kind of sort of like stack your chips up while the, the window is open right now. Um, and yeah, they probably should have then turned that pick around and then, you know, again, taking a wide receiver too. Uh, but I, man, you, you're getting some pretty good value right there. Um, for Hollywood, I think, right. Like I, I was surprised when they got a first round pick back. So, um, yeah, I would say probably overall it's probably a B for Baltimore, but but I hear what you're I definitely hear what you're saying. Like, hey, listen, uh, the time is short here with um with what you got in terms of yeah. you have an, you clearly have an aging defense. Uh your offensive line is a little fragile too. That championship window's closing. As a matter of fact, they're going to probably win their division, right? Or they'll yeah. be in the mix well, at least for the playoffs. They'll, they'll definitely make the playoffs, but uh I yeah. they they might lose the division to the Bengals. Right, exactly. So, so the the window is there. It's open. It's a jar, ah, but it just doesn't feel like they're going anywhere. Cer- certainly not with the offensive weapons uh, that they have right now. So, I certainly certainly understand that. But I, I just I do think that they got pretty darn good value <laughs> coming yeah. back for Hollywood. Okay, how about this one from Trisha? This is uh, coming from an email. Longtime lurker, first-time inquirer. Jalen Hurts uh, got me to the championship, but if he is out this weekend, Oof. should I put in my second quarterback, uh, Tom Brady, or pick up Carr, which obviously this email came can't out. Can't do that. The car. <laughs> yeah, I can't do that. Or should we go with Minshew? So I guess the question is really Tom Brady or Gardner Minshew. What say you, Matt Harmon? Yeah, I'm going Minshew. Uh, listen. Me too. I've seen enough of the Tom Brady Buccaneers offense. Brady's 1.88 time to throw. I mean, disgusting. disgusting. Uh, do you see the video that uh, the NFL account put out? I think it was like a hard knocks preview of Jalen of JJ Watt um, saying like, this guy's getting the ball so fast. I can't even, he's, this old guy's getting rid of the ball so fast. I can't even, I can't even get to him. Like, yeah, <laughs> 1.88 time to throw. Give me a break with the 1.88 yeah, time on, to dude. throw. So yeah, uh, yeah I'm, I'm going to go with Minshew there. He showed he could be competent in this ecosystem. Not just that, man. I, I and again, I go back to his, you know, his last ten games as a starter. This is a guy who's averaging more than three hundred yards passing. He's averaging about two and a half, almost three touchdowns per game over his last ten games as a starter. He's averaging close to seventy percent completion rate. 
these are all good numbers. This is not just like a, oh, a rando backup. This is not a, a streveler or like a, uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. uh, you, you know what I mean? This is not some Jarrett Stidham character. No, this is a guy in Gardner Minshew. He can play. This guy can absolutely play. Uh, and I stand by the fact we talked about it in the big show earlier this week, but I stand by the fact that I think Minshew can be a starter in this league, not just a backup. I really think he can be a starter. Now, he wouldn't be a top-flight starter for me, but he can he can be a starter in the NFL. Now, I, I wouldn't say you could win a championship with this dude, but that you know what, Matt? That being said, there, there have been a lot of, like, eh, quarterbacks that have won championships. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, I'm with you, man. I, I think he's going he's gonna to be in this free agent group, and um, he makes for – you know, a, te- a team that needs to bring in like a legitimate, we can have a competition between these guys type of, um, you know, I mean, the Jets would be, a, if if the Zach Wilson thing wasn't so far gone, like, well, I don't know. I mean, if you can bring back Mike White and you keep bringing Gardner Minshew, like that's a perfect, like, all right, this is a legit quarterback competition nah. between a couple of guys here. I would, I, I would be interested, like, let's say like, you know, let's say you're the Raiders, okay, and you want to take a quarterback early in the draft. Okay, fine. I, I actually would like to bring in Minshew to kind of be – I think he – I think, you know, you know what Minshew is? I think he's the perfect bridge quarterback. Oh, yeah. Um, and, and a guy that you can keep in there for a couple of years, maybe maybe a year plus or whatever, as your young guy develops, um, and then just kind of take that old school route. I know the new school idea is to get your quarterback in there ASAP. Uh, but you know what, man? Um, I wouldn't mind seeing Gardner Minshew, uh, you know, as a kind of a little bit of a bridge quarterback. Or let's say you're a team with, you know, quarterback needs. Let's say Tom Brady moves on. Tampa Bay needs a quarterback. Yeah. Let's get Minshew in there and just see what you can do. You're not in line for a high pick, right? So you're not going to get a quarterback in this particular draft. But let's bring in Minshew and just see what you got. You know, you know the other thing I love about Minshew, man? It's the swagger. And, you know, when, you, when you're a quarterback like that, man, anytime you're a quarterback, you got to have some swagger to you, man. And that's exactly what Gardner Minshew does. And it seems pretty clear to me that guys play for him. I mean, yeah. That, and that goes a long way for me, too. Yeah, for sure. Um, Washington's another interesting one, too, if they lose out on like, oh the big God, tier guys. Oh, my God. Oh, my goodness. That would be awesome. I'd love to see that. Yeah, if they don't go to the distressed asset route, uh, get another like <laughs> I think the Colts would be interesting too if they yeah. take a quarterback high. He would make a good bridge quarterback for them. And um, right. Oh, lastly, how about the Denver Broncos? You know, I know they. Yo, they, they need, let's go. They need to add. They need to add quarterback competition if they're going to be a serious operation next year. They can't just pair it like, oh, we're going to fix Russell Wilson all off season long. Like they got to, <laughs> they got to bring some like, okay, we're, this is a real team. We're going to have like this guy who, who was terrible last year compete with somebody. Minshew would be that guy. You know, what would be great about that trade too? It really sends a message to Russell Wilson. Hey, Hey bro, you got to stop being so weird. Like get on board. Let's let's like run an actual real NFL offense. And you need to dedicate yourself to that. You know what I'm saying? Cause obviously his style of freestyle football is not working at this age anymore. Nope. If you want to be a real functional quarterback, let's run a real functional offense. Cause that's what they're going to do. You would think this off season, they're going to bring in a real offensive coordinator and, and get some real offenses in. And, and, and that would honestly send a pretty strong message. I think to Russell Wilson, Hey, get your shit together, pal. You got to stop being so weird, man. 
Like, let's really like dive in and work on being a real NFL quarterback. That being said, dude, can any team afford another quarterback less than the, can you imagine how much money they're pouring into the goddamn quarterback position? If they brought in somebody like Minshew, that would be insane. Would it not? Yeah, that would be crazy. I think that's that more would of be like sick. a, it's a pretty big pipe dream. <laughs> there you go. Uh, how about this? Uh, like I said, high profile questions over here Four verts. Four verts is jumping in. Charles McDonald. Come on. Let's go. Talk to me about Drake London season. If any other Falcons wide receivers are worth keeping around. Yeah. So um, for one, uh, Drake London, I think here's my ta- here's my new talking point on Drake London. Get ready to hear All me right. say this uh, throughout the offseason. No. You're going to be able to tell who for, like especially from a fantasy <laughs> standpoint. OK, you're going to be able to tell who is watching tape <laughs> and who is just looking at the numbers. OK, based on how they talk about Drake London, he is going to be. The litmus test for that, because people that are watching the games are telling you this guy is really good. He is a stud. Uh, I think he is in the same category as Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson. Those guys obviously have the numbers to back it up. Well, that's because their offense throws the ball a lot more. Um, The damn Jets, like in games without uh, without Zach Wilson, the Mike White and the, the Joe Flacco games, They'd be right. well if those were just the games you extrapolate those for every year, every game of the season. They'd be well over 700 pass attempts at this point. Like that's right. the type of volume Garrett Wilson's getting in his offense versus Drake London. So I think Drake London has looked fantastic. You're going to be able to tell somebody's like, ah, Drake London, kind of a disappointing rookie season. They're not watching film, okay? And I'm going to tell, <laughs> I'm going to tell you this right now. There's a lot of fantasy analysts out there that are already watching the games, and you Coming can tell. Up. You can tell, it. okay? So. I think Drake London's looked incredible this year. I think as soon as they get a real NFL quarterback in there, yeah, he's going to have a big time season. He he's he's that good. Okay, so that's my Drake London take <laughs> for the rest of the Falcons receivers. Um, who else is there? There's no one. Olamide Zacchaeus. I mean, come on, bro. What's going? Yeah, on? Yeah, I think. Well, I th- okay, I think the Zacchaeus is like the the Zacchaeus plays when they design them up for him. Now that might just be. The, I do think Arthur Smith designs a pretty good. Um, pretty good offense, like pretty good, uh, you know, pretty good passing game. I think it's looked good this year. They just didn't have a quarterback to execute it, like the, right. the concepts and, and stuff like that, the spacing, the route combinations, everything like that. Um, you know, but Zacchaeus is not even under contract with this team next year. The only guys under contract with the team next year are somebody named Jarrett Bernhardt, don't know who that is, and Frank Darby. Uh, so what? I don't know that you're br- like if you can bring Zacchaeus back or Demir Bird on like small time deals. I think that's fine. I think Zacchaeus, especially like Demir Bird's played for a billion teams at this point, but Zacchaeus <laughs> shows you a little something. If he's like your third receiver, he's a speed guy. Not the worst thing in the world, but for the most part, this is Drake London as the center of your universe and figuring the rest out. I mean, it's kind of sad. I mean, you look at the total routes run, right? It's like Drake London, 334, Olamide Zacchaeus at 291. Then it's Kyle Pitts at number three. Kyle Pitts has been on IR, dog. Like what? Tyler Algier is number four at 149. The aforementioned Demir Bird, 132. That's how many routes that Demir Bird has run all season long. Cordero Patterson, who was on IR, came back. He's right there. In the top seven, right? Cordero Patterson at 122. Who is Parker Hess? I, he's some random tight end. Anthony Ferkser, some random tight end. Um, and that's it, man. So uh, it, it, the grade is N.A. Uh, I mean, we don't know what the hell we got. 
with the Atlanta Falcons. But honestly, I, gee whiz, man, this might be the worst, like one of the worst wide receiving cores um, in the NFL. It's Drake London and no one. Oh, for sure. And by the way, just to your point about, you know, the routes that Drake London has run this year among like first year pass catchers, he's only sixth at the position with 366. George Pickens has run mm. 524 routes. Garrett Jeez. Wilson has run 514 routes. Alec Pierce has <laughs> run 420 routes. <laughs> Cade Otten. Three hundred or four hundred fourteen. Yeah, no. right. I mean, Olave is at three seventy. Yeah, right. Olave is at three seventy eight. Uh, but he's missed a game now at this point. Uh, so right. like, it's just yeah, it's it's crazy that passing. The volume of the passing game is is pretty ridiculous. So I, I think we just need a real quarterback here in Atlanta. Um, and then I think Drake London's flying. I think he's a stud. Okay, so I think to your point though, right? Like, uh, or to 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 answer Charles McDonald, uh, other than Drake London, I don't think there's really any like priority wide receivers no. that they that no. they need to keep. Yeah, no, they all seem like just dudes. Um, by the way, can I go back and you you know I know that you're sitting here you know making fun of uh, fantasy analysts who uh, look at the look look at the look at the numbers look at the numbers um, and don't watch game tape and and I know people are going to be out there saying like what are you talking about like of course they're watching the games maybe they're not watching the games as much as you Matt Harmon but but here's the thing guys i'm going to pull the curtain back for people listening there are fantasy analysts that we know personally that do not watch the games they do not watch the games i i know of them personally <laughs> not going to name names but matt you and i know there are dudes out there that are fantasy analysts that do not watch the games. And that is the sad yep. truth. And you can tell. And then it bleeds into like the analysis of the entire community, honestly. And and it's like, I think for the most part, fantasy football has made people smarter football fans. And, and you were just aware of more things and you're aware of more teams and of players and all this stuff. Um, right. But then there's some stuff where it's just like, Come on, you need, you gotta actually watch these games, and 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 it makes you dumber. It makes you sound dumber if you, if you listen to some of the stuff that these guys are parroting. So, yeah. Okay, picture this: it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Perception, perception, the show. James Cole and Matt Harmon. So how about this one from DJ Chong Wizard? What a, what a handle. Uh, on Twitter, DJ Chong Wizard. Who are some of your favorite buy low receivers to target this offseason in Dynasty? Yeah, I uh, always feel like I need to update my Dynasty rankings on the website. Uh, so keep that in mind. I, I do need to 
I do need to get that done here as the season comes to an end. Um, but I think a couple of guys, one guy who's definitely going to be a buy low for me this offseason is going to be Deontay Johnson. I think I've come Dang. down on that side of things because still really, by the way, tell how do fantasy analysts talk about like Deontay Johnson and the Steelers offense? Like they'll tell you that'll, that'll tell you right there. Who's watching tape. Okay. Um, <laughs> who's actually watching how, how this offense plays out. I think yeah. Deontay Johnson is going to end up being pretty undervalued this offseason based on the way he's um, play based on the way that he's produced this year. I, I think he's a guy that um, is certainly going to be, you know, potentially gettable in trades and stuff like that. Um, other by lows, you know, there's there's not a ton that's just scream out to me right now. I think Elijah Moore, I'm definitely willing to buy low on because yeah, still love the talent there. I mean, he's a, I know we have a question later on him in the mailbag. We can just say it right now. Like I think Elijah Moore, you know, it, it, the, the question was from Ian Morgan, uh, I believe on Twitter, two, four, one, five asked, does Elijah Moore have any type of elite route success route success rate? You know, not elite level. Like I think, um, I think Garrett Wilson's going to be the better player there long-term, but Elijah mm-hmm. Moore certainly has like, Tyler Lockett upside, you know, re- like a good Ooh. fringe number one, number two, like a one B type of receiver. I think Elijah Moore could be that if they figure out the quarterback situation long term, um, he would shoot up the rankings. So that's another guy that I like to buy low on. Um, and and yeah, I think a guy like Michael Gallup actually makes a pretty decent buy low because he's tied to Dallas for a long time. And he's someone that when he's right, I think can, you know, be a really, really quality number two receiver. Uh, and, and again, t- tied to Dallas long term. He should be healthier next year. I like buying a guy like that pretty low next year. Can I throw one out there for you? I want to get your take on Brandon Cooks. He's just 29 years old. Um, and I know he, it seems like he's been in the league since like the Reagan administration. But he's know, just... But he <laughs> I know, right? I mean, the thing, the thing is he's 29. I don't know where he's going to go this offseason or if he's back with the Texans or whatever it might be. Oh, no way he's back with the Texans. No. I would not think so, right? I'm not, I'm not 100% sure, but I wouldn't think so. Um, and so Brandon cooks, obviously, I don't think anyone is thinking about Brandon cooks right now. Um, and I know dynasty 29 is still pretty old, but again, at some point you got to win championships out there, folks. Um, you can't always be playing for the future. Um, is Brandon cooks somebody that you may or may not be interested in? Yeah, I think I think he would be the perfect like throw in piece to a trade like right. You're asking for something you want some your eyes really on a different prize, but you want to hey, why don't you put your Brandon Cooks in there and we can close this deal here. Um, I think that makes sense there. And I agree with you. Like, I think he can still play. Uh, he could have had another touchdown last week that just got called back due to kind of a questionable penalty. Uh, but I also think his current teammate, Nico Collins, is still another guy that I would buy low on. Um, Texans obviously got a fixed quarterback situation, but I think Nico flashed this year. Um, and, and eventually I think it can come together for him, whether he's a long-term number one, I, I don't know about that, but like, I think he can yeah, be a quality yeah, yeah. starter. So I like both those guys. And last one here, he's a risk. He's got to be a risky buy right now, but I would certainly before the steam really starts building up here with Calvin Ridley, I would want to check the temperature Ooh. of what it costs to get Calvin Ridley. If it takes like Jeez. a first round rookie pick, I think nah. that's kind of pricey just because of yeah. like, I, again, Guys that guys that spend this long away from football, we just don't look at how, look at how Deshaun Watson looks right now. Okay, dude, um, you know, so uh, that there's that. Like, but but if he's right, if he's on the field and he's the player he was in Atlanta, he's gonna crush it in Jacksonville. So I would, if it's like a second round pick, just throw the second round pick in there and see what happens. 
Yeah, I think it's two things going on with Calvin Ridley. First of all, jeez, I completely forgot he existed. Um, but it's been what uh, two years now, right? Uh, that uh, that he's been away from the game, and I think the number one problem for me is okay. Is he right physically? But more importantly, is he right mentally? So he's got to overcome two things, um, and it's such a tough situation for him. Like remember, it it was as Marshawn says, it's the mentals um, that kept him out of the game for so long, right? And actually you know, idle hands and devil's work or whatever. I don't, I don't know what the exact saying is, but you know, remember it's, it's when he was taking that mental health break, that's when he got tagged for gambling on games. You know what I'm saying? So, um, I I just, man, that's, that's a lot of things that we're overcoming here now, right? Like what are the mentals like? What, what, yeah. What's the physicals like? Uh, has he been staying in shape? These are all answers that we do not have the answers to what, Soever. We have no idea. So I even think a second round pick for me um, in Dynasty is actually still pretty p- pricey. If it's a late second, okay, I get it. Um, and if that's what it, it, it takes to get the job done, okay, I understand. Uh, but certainly I would not be giving up a first round uh, no, pick I, for, for Calvin. Really. Do I, I don't think that would be a very good idea at all. All right, how about this one from Discord? Mike, do I start my day off on the right foot or sit my ass in bed tomorrow? I mean, get up early, okay? <laughs> I would encourage everybody there you go. start trying to get up earlier. I'm yeah. trying to be better about it. I used to be better about it back when I was single. I used to get up at 5.30 in the morning every day, Ooh, get to the gym it. right away. Don't do that as much now. That's my new thing. That's my thing in the New Year's. I'm going to start trying to get closer. Maybe not 5.30 at this point, but uh, I'm trying to get up earlier in the in the, in the the New Year. So uh, you know, how about you do that as well, Mike? Let's, let's not be sitting your ass in bed tomorrow. Had a baby. I need to start doing that too. I need to start. I need to start losing some LBs here. Uh, I'm gonna let the the listeners in on a little secret that I haven't really told I, Matt. I haven't even told you yet, really. Uh, but I got a fight coming up uh, in. Late oh February. shoot! You you back? You're getting back at it? <laughs> I'm getting back at it. So I got I got a fight. Co- I got I got to cut some weight, baby. I can't be fighting what, uh, at this what, weight. What back alley do uh, I need to be watching this in? Like, how do I get tickets? <laughs> uh, it's going to be going down in Vegas. Uh, and I don't know. We'll see oh, what's going man. on. Maybe Let's maybe I'll, I'll update people on social media. But I don't know. Whatever. I got to get I got to get into some fighting shape, man. Like, this is oh the biggest God. news I'm, of the I'm show. <laughs> <laughs> people are going to stick around minute 45 of this podcast. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, anyways, whatever. Yes, I got to start doing that too. So you know what? I like this question because it, it's uh, it's helping me stay motivated, trying to lose a little uh, some some of this holiday weight uh, before oh, your yeah. boy gets into the ring and actually gets my ass beat. So when is it? Uh, let's get it. It's late February, last weekend of February. Oh so shoot, dude, you get you got to hurry up. Oh, dude, yeah, I got to lose like twenty pounds and uh, work on some cardio. Yeah, I'm in I'm in trouble, bro. Uh, but we'll see That's what's going on. Soon. Yeah, it's pretty. Yeah, I believe in you. Me. I believe in you, pal. Okay, all right. <laughs> I, you know what? At the end, of the, I just don't want to get embarrassed. So let's make that happen. I think I can make that happen. So it's all good. Uh, anyways, okay. How about this from Goal Line Stand Two? Uh, how good can this? How good can this Packers offense be with Christian Watson, Romeo Dobbs at receiver going forward? Can either of them be a true number one? I love this question. Yeah, I think my first answer. And like my quickest instinct answer is no, that I don't know that either one of them are ever going to be a true number one. Now, obviously Watson, if he takes like a huge leap in his development, he has the skill set that really is a game. He's a game changing type of presence. But Mm -hmm. um, 
just like Martavis Bryant, who's the player I've compared him to since before the NFL draft. That was that was my player comp there. I think obviously Bryant, we never saw that development because for a lot of different reasons that don't seem to be a problem with Christian Watson. So that's good news. Um, Dobbs, I think though, can be a really rock solid number two receiver. Um, So I think they have potentially two starting receivers here. Um, And it's a good base to start building a receiver core. We'll see what they do with Alan Lazard, who I do think Lazard would be like a perfect big slot receiver, um, all that type of stuff, but he's a free agent uh, in this very, by the way, Usually I'm excited to drop the free agent receivers uh, on reception perception is like the first wave. We're going to have to figure something out on the off season. <laughs> this free agent class stinks, there ain't nothing. but uh, there, there ain't nothing. nothing going on. It's like uh, Juju and Jacoby Myers are the prize, there, the there big, big ticket items. Oh, God. Nothing going there on there. But yeah, nothing. Christian Watson and, and Dobbs and Lazard would be an interesting trio if they can bring Alan Lazard back. Yeah, I think that's a great, uh, great you know, trio of wide receivers. And, and, and the thing about Lazard too, it's like, you know, he's a great big slot, but I think I just like his versatility. I mean, in two yeah. wide receiver sets, you know, you throw him in at flanker, uh, playing off the line a little bit. I think that's probably a good spot for him. And then again, you taught, you mentioned it too, the run blocking man, just so physical. I love the fact that he brings that presence to the field too. And, and, um, and for a LaFleur led team, you need that, man. Again, this is a team that loves to run the ball with not just one running back, as we have seen, but they love to run with two running backs. Um, and you need to get run blocking out on the edges as well. And I think Lazard is great uh, in that role. All right, how about this from TSL Strange? We Sky, Sky Moore drafters need something positive to hold on to going into the offseason. What does the reception perception show regarding Sky Moore? Uh, here's the thing you positive need to hold on to is sky more. If you liked him coming into the draft, you should still like him right now. Like, there you go. I don't know. We're, we've kind of jumped the shark about like dynasty and like, Oh, Oh man, this guy didn't play in year one. Like, uh, you know, it's, a, it, it's not a stock market. Okay. Players are not stock market <laughs> trading uh-huh. assets and all this. It's very, it's very, the game's gotten very weird. Maybe it was always this weird. I don't know, whatever. But um, look for sky more, we talked about on the big show. Like, I don't know what's going on with this whole Justin Watson thing, why they're paying him to just uh, <laughs> run out there and one, run wind sprints. And they got MVS running wind sprints in, too. But like, neither of those guys really play the same role as Sky Moore. Now, when Sky Moore gets on the field, like reception perception shows, he still looks pretty good, but he's a developmental player. Like if it's, if Sky Moore is a total zero in his rookie year, which it looks like it, and he is a starter in year two, I wouldn't be surprised at all. So, um, yeah, I know he could end up being like a, a guy that was overvalued in rookie drafts based on landing spot, but I still think was a good prospect, um, is still interesting heading into 2023. Just a guy to pay attention to in the offseason for sure. I love his hands. Um, yeah, I love the hands of – he's got meat me hooks too. for hands. Yeah. Yeah, me too. I, I think it's just they don't want to put too much on his plate, whatever. Um, yeah, and the offense has been good. They don't – this is the thing, like – they don't have a lot of incentive to change things up because the offense has been good. You know, like uh, right. they've been getting good play out of Juju. Then Travis Kelsey's the big ticket item there. And, and it's what it is. So I, I think if you like Sky more coming to the league, you should still like him right now. He's an interesting player. Again, you know, um, again, you talk about wide receivers a little bit too much, I guess, and, you know, um, expectations placed on some of these younger guys because some so many of young guys have just oh, yeah. come out the gates firing. 
But I mean, again, do remember, this is a guy that played at a smaller school, Western Michigan. Yep. Uh, he's not like a power five conference dude. Um, so I think he's still, at least in the early part of the season, probably figuring out speed and um, the speed of the game, those kind of things. And he's running all look, he's running in a, in a very complex offense, too, in the Andy Reid system. So um, I think there's a little bit of a learning curve there. There's just it just seems like there's a lot of learning curve uh, for Sky Moore. Also. I would also say I think he's really good out of the slot, uh, and at least that is an area where he can have a role. And obviously that is being blocked by the fact that Juju has been playing pretty good football uh, for the Chiefs as well. So I I think that Sky needs a couple of things to go his way. If Juju moves on, and I think he's played well enough where I don't think Kansas City is going to be able to afford his services, so I do think he'll move on. I think that opens the door for Sky more. So if you're looking for more narrative pieces, I would probably hang my hat on that. I think there's going to be a little bit more opportunity for Sky more going to 2023 out of the slot. Um, and I think that is a really, really good thing. Um, and maybe, just maybe, if he learns the offense really well, and now he's out there in two wide receiver sets, being able to play outside and inside, which I think he can do, and I think your um, RP data would back that up a bit. Um, boy, this 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 is somebody that could, out of nowhere, go crazy. You know what I mean? But we got to see what the development looks like in the offseason. Yep, I agree with you. I'm, I definitely think he's an interesting player to track. All right. How about this uh, from Brad through the emails? Are the Broncos wide receivers any good? We're talking about Cortland Sutton, Jerry, Judy. Are they any good? Question mark. Listen, uh, I think one of my best calls this year was that these guys were not as good as everybody else thought. Um, But I I do think Jerry, Judy and and the worst analysis of all was like, oh, Cortland Sutton is clearly the number one, clearly better than Jerry, Judy. What a bunch of crock that was. I mean, right. <laughs> I think Sutton is like a fine number two receiver, but he's not a number one. I don't know if Jerry Judy ever becomes a number one, but I think he's shown – I think he's been better than Cortland Sutton this year, period, like no question. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I think these guys have potential. I think Judy's a guy who could get dealt in the offseason, though, because, um, you know, teams might be looking to trade for wide receivers with this free agent market not looking that great. You know, Denver might need to recoup some assets there. So – um, I think those guys have – well, I think Sutton's tapped out at his ceiling, which is like a Mike Williams-esque – like a poor man's Mike Williams-esque type of player. Um, and then I think Judy has some more potential, but it's still more of like an Amari Cooper-style splash, inconsistent big play threat than like the great route runner he was billed to be coming in. Yeah, so Cortland Sutton is – I don't know. I, I think he's interesting, right? Like um, he's got the, or he did have the athleticism at some point. I think that's faded somewhat with time. Um, he's not an older player. I mean, although I guess um, he's going into his age 28 season and do remember he so- suffered a torn ACL uh, back in 2020. So I think the ACL injury sapped him a little bit of his athleticism. Um, and again, he's now, he's an he was an older rookie. Um, as well. So he's going to be entering into his age 28 season in 2023. Um, so I don't know, man, uh, you're right. I, I think what we have seen from Cortland Sutton, that is the player that we've seen. I don't see a lot of upward mobility uh, in terms of upside for Cortland Sutton. Jerry Judy still, I think, I don't know. I, I still want to think that he's a little bit of a project player too. Um, but again, the offense has been so bad. The quarterback play has been so bad. Um, and I know RP definitely isolates beyond quarterback play, 
But I will say this, and, and I've and I've told you this too, that man, sometimes when the vibes are so bad, these guys yeah. are still humans. You know, uh, how hard are they playing? What does their development look like uh, on a good team versus a bad team? This is clearly a bad team. Well, I, I don't know. Um, I think those are question marks that, that again, no one can really answer, but I do think that they have an impact uh, on some of these players. Yeah, I think that's definitely fair with, with what's been going on this year. But uh, yeah, I, I think there's some, that's why it'd be kind of interesting to see Jerry Judy on another team. All right, a couple of questions, a couple more questions here, and then we'll walk out of here. But how about this from Mikey Jamie 303 Favorite breakfast, Matt Harmon, what say you? Oh, I mean, well, number one, here's talk about this, James, about losing weight and stuff. I have been yeah, yeah. Uh, skipping breakfast. Uh, what? Doing a little intermittent fasting, yeah, during ah. the week. Um, I'm not super consistent with it on the weekends, but also I'm not, like, that desperate to – I'm not that desperate to, like, lose weight or change my physique or anything like that right now, number one. Um, but, uh, yeah, so I have been skipping breakfast, but like, I'm mean, talking about like breakfast food. That's why I'm trying to not do this on the weekends. Cause I love breakfast food, man. I mean, oh, uh, man. same, a, a good omelet and some hash browns. Like that's the way to go for me. That's paradise at that point. Um, you know, cause you can have a lot of fun with omelets, but yeah, anything egg based I'm all in on. Um, man, I, I mean, my wife made some incredible pancakes for our Christmas Eve Ooh. breakfast and it's tough to beat a good pancake, man. Um, but that's definitely not in my normal, uh, <laughs> Not in my normal uh, menu. <laughs> um, as I go into into weight loss mode, I, I think uh, for me it's uh, eggs, spinach, and, and bacon is is my go to breakfast. But I will say this, man: a breakfast, bur- a good breakfast burrito. Oh yeah, <sighs> come on, can't that's you tough can't. to beat. You can't beat it, man. You can't beat it. All right, uh, this from from mxc jimmy from the discord by the way if you're not in the discord jump in man a lot of interesting takes really great questions what a great community uh we've got on the discord as well but is Jahan dotson is Jahan dotson doing right now what amon ross st brown did at the end of last season meaning is he a must start flex or wide receiver two in your fantasy super bowl matchup what say you um, yeah, the, the switch to Carson Wentz, I think gives me a little bit of pause. Um, I, you know, I'm not, the, I'm not the biggest Carson Wentz fan in the world and no. he throws the ball to Curtis Samuel a lot, which, you know, I, I should like, but these other guys are so good too. It's like, you don't need to hyper-focus on the Curtis Samuel, like layup <laughs> routes. Okay. Let's get that ball down to the real, the real downfield plays as well, yeah. Carson. But that part of it does give me a little bit of pause in terms of talking as like a must start wide receiver too, but I certainly think he's flex eligible and yeah, man, I do Dotson could play. Like there's no doubt about it. I think um, uh, I've been talking about this uh, with my buddy Dalton Del Don at, at Yahoo. Like everybody's going to have the take next year. Oh, I'd much rather draft Jahan Dotson at his ADP than, Kurt, than Terry McLaurin at his ADP being like the smartest guy in the room for fantasy. But I get it, man, because <laughs> Dotson's a really good player. So I think it's a good comparison in terms of like, what Amon Ross St. Brown, because uh, one of the things with St. Brown last year, they didn't have like a role figured out for St. Brown last year um, yeah. until later on in the offseason, right. later on in the season. You know, that's when they got him in this like Bud Light Cooper Cup role, the, the very Cooper Cup centric role, the thing I wanted him to be in the whole time. And I feel like John Dotson sort of similar, like he's coming on as the season has is coming to a close as well. What a, what an interesting player. And, and to be honest with you, to answer your question in terms of whether you should play him this week, I'm not really trusting him this particular week in, in the championship game against yeah, Cleveland. Um, I would say 
and, and look, I know the yardage has certainly been there and the volume has certainly been there over the last three games. That's been great. Um, but that being said, what does that volume now look like with Carson Wentz and also the touchdowns? How <laughs> this guy's like the James Conner of wide receivers. Like, how can he, this guy be scoring this many touchdowns on this few targets? He's seen 50 targets total. The guy's got seven touchdowns. I want to put that in perspective, okay? He's got a 14% touchdown rate, which means he's got seven touchdowns out of 50 targets, right? That's a 14% rate. The league average is around 4.9%. So this is a guy that's almost tripling the league average in terms of touchdown rate. Um, meanwhile, on the opposite end of the spectrum, we just talked about Deontay Johnson. Will this man score a touchdown in 2022? <laughs> How is this? Like the guy's seen 120 targets. I know. It's, it's insane. Does it have a single? T- How is that possible? How? I don't understand. Matt Canada, baby. But uh, I think obviously Deontay dropped one touchdown. I know for sure in the end zone. But uh, yeah, it's pretty terrible offense. <laughs> pretty <Yeah>. terrible. <laughs> <laughs> so look, I, I would say the Wentz news gives me a little bit of pause. Um, I think the touchdown rate also gives me a little bit of pause. Um, and at some point that, that regression bug will hit where he, the guy, he can't score a touchdown every game. Can he, can he, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe he can. I don't not. know. <laughs> uh, but I, I think I'm, I'm, I'm just having a hard time trusting him. Uh, with Carson Wentz in there, what what does his target share look like, um, and and does Wentz kind of mix it up and uh, and and primarily feed Terry McLaurin, like you said, uh, in that passing game against Cleveland? So I don't know. We'll see. You know, to be honest with you, I kind of sort of think both teams are going to run the rock a lot. Um, Me too. The big Brian Robinson game against Cleveland for sure. It's a yeah. Could have used it last can't week, stop but... the, for sure. For sure. Cleveland can't stop the run. They like to they like to establish the run there in Washington. Brian Robinson, I think, could have a field day. And, and again, I just worry about the target share. All right, one more question, and then let's get the hell out of here. What do you say? Uh, this one is from Dynasty Fox FF on Twitter. I know you came into the year loving Rashad Bateman. Anything you see change in his limited run uh, to change your mind? Nope. Love Rashad Bateman. Uh, still very, very bullish on the player. And look, I know, I know that some of the fantasy stuff was a bit concerning because you know he wasn't running the highest routes per dropback, stuff like that. Um, but Bateman, again, watch the games. He was fantastic for the Ravens. And mm-hmm. like you know, some like the efficiency stats would show it too. In the first four weeks of the season, and obviously he got hurt in week four. Two point five nine yards per route run, eleven yards per target, like. For, got a first down on 27.3% of his targets. Like he was uh, 23.4% targets per route run too. Like I, you'd like that to be a little bit higher, but that's still pretty yeah. good overall. He just wasn't playing like a full complement of snaps, which, you know, he might always be an injury risk guy. That's certainly you know problematic at this point, but right. man, fantastic player for the Ravens. I, I think if he's out there and he, the, his loss, like can't be overstated, you know, that right. that was, that's Jesus. what the, what this, what this passing attack has eroded to literally since he got hurt, like the moment he got injured, it's never been the same. Um, I think obviously Bateman, just a big time player for me. I I, I think he has all the talent in the world. Now it's just going to be like, can he ever get healthy, stay healthy, be consistently on the field? That will be uh, that will obviously be a question. I mean, can they stop just can they have like healthy feet? 
in Baltimore. That'd be great. What, what? One, <laughs> one guy with healthy feet. <laughs> what is it? I mean, first it's Hollywood with the with screws in his foot. Now it's Bateman with a foot problem. Like, come on, come on, Baltimore. What what can we do? We gotta send Doctor Shoals out there or something, man. Like, what is happening? Come on, Baltimore. Get these guys' feet healthy. Come on, uh, what's happening? I don't get it. I don't understand what. Like, it just ah, oh God, it kills me. It kills me because I'm with you. I loved Bateman. Um, you know, coming out of school, I thought he was just one of them, like, you know, dogs out there fighting for the ball downfield, great over the top. Uh, and again, he he taps into my my love for contested catch dudes. You know what I'm saying? Uh, and he checks all those boxes for me. And I I was really excited to see him kind of develop as a young player in Baltimore and kind of win those over the top routes. Uh, with Lamar Jackson. Alas, here we are. All right. Well, we just ripped through a bunch of these questions. I, you know, I, now that we've done this, Matt, I feel bad that we didn't do it before. This was a lot of fun. I know, man. Yeah, it's um, it, it was fun. People asked some really good questions. We got a ton we didn't even get to. Um, yeah. If you're in the Discord, definitely, and I didn't answer your question, like just drop it in that questions for the RP show channel, and I'll I'll get back to it for sure um, with, the, with, with as much detail as I can. But yeah, people... Brought the heat. Great questions. We knew we had smart listeners. We knew we've had, you know, smart subscribers. And yeah. we appreciate all the good questions, man. We'll definitely have to, especially in the offseason, we'll definitely have to do more of that. <laughs> I love it, man. By the way, go to the website, receptionperception.com. See all this fantastic data that Matt Harmon has comp compiled for you, you, the people out there. And of course, if you've got fantasy questions, throw them my way at James D. Co. Find Matt Harmon as well uh, on Twitter and on YouTube. Y'all know he's got a YouTube page, man. Like his, his, his channel's fire, bro. Like go check him out. Uh, and we'll make that happen as well. All right. Uh, as Matt mentioned, we do have podcasts coming in the off season as well. So don't you worry. Don't you worry. You RP subscribers. We got your back as well. All right. But for now we step away. Everyone. Good luck. Championship. We good luck to you out there, man. Seriously. For Matt Harmon, James. Cole. <laughs> we'll see you. Peace.